We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Striking gold. What up, people? It is Kevin Jones. We are going to break down the 49ers' latest victory, 37-8 to Sunday Night Football. Green Bay Packers, everyone in the country watching, the 49ers from wire to wire dominated this football game. They prove why they're a Super Bowl contender. Jimmy Garoppolo looks like the real deal. 17 of 20, super efficient night. We're going to break down everything um, from the brand of football the 49ers are starting to establish to a couple of things that need to be called out. Like this wasn't the cleanest game ever, and they still won by four touchdowns. This team still has room for improvement, as crazy as that sounds. Aaron Rodgers, one of the worst games in his career. I'm not calling this defense Baltimore Ravens 02, New York Giants 07, but it's getting you know vibes of, of Denver in 15. This is one of those types of years where, oh, oh shit, the 49ers have that type of defense where if they're playing good on offense, they're impossible to beat. And it felt that way Sunday night. It felt impossible for the Packers to get going. So many of the wins have been by multiple touchdowns. They're a contender, and they're a heavyweight contender. Like They come out and punch you in the mouth really hard early. They're cocky. Richard Sherman after the game defending Jimmy Garoppolo, saying let the haters keep hating. This football team is clicking on so many levels. 
BlueWirePods.com. Check out our whole network of podcasts. Blue Wire had a great year. It's been amazing to see how many listeners we're at right now. So, of course, check out Candlestick Chronicles. Chris Biederman on the scene. Kyle Madsen. We got Eric Crocker. Rob Louder on this feed. Um, Yeah, so I want to start here because where the 49ers are really doing it is these teams are quitting. And Carolina did it. Cleveland did it. The LA Rams did it. Green Bay has now done it. I think it's very important to point out when you're talking about the best football teams in the league, there's literally a trend and a pattern of behavior. The 49ers go up. They make another big play early in the third quarter. And teams lose their will. They don't even want to be on the football field anymore. The 49ers one-on-one win so many different matchups. Nick Bosa against White, that right tackle, he was eating his lunch. It, it didn't even feel fair. It was like a a senior in high school against a seventh grader. <laughs> the 49ers, uh, Richard Sherman looked incredible. Really, he did. Aaron Rodgers couldn't get the football off. No one was open. Jimmy Ward was flying around the football field, had several big plays on third down. Eric Armstead, another sack. He's leading the team in sacks. Um, you know, This defense is giving me vibes of, like I said earlier, the, oh shit, it's, it's the Niners defense this year. I think they can sustain this for a while too. We haven't even mentioned Fred Warner. So yeah, I mean, very first drive of the game, Fred Warner comes in, finishes a play, strips... The football, Nick Bosa recovers it. 49ers have a touchdown, you know, just to start the game. The defense has set up so many points this year. You know, the identity of this football team is defense. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, you got Kyle Shanahan running the offense. Run game has been in and out the last month. But Jimmy Garoppolo, I thought tonight his decision-making was excellent. Didn't ask to do too much. The 49ers only ran 45 plays. Seven yards per play. The Packers ran 70 plays. Two and a half yards per play. It felt like that. That's how the game went. Debo Samuel, 42-yard touchdown. George Kittle, 61-yard touchdown. The explosive plays were happening. um, And the 49ers, they, they weren't great. They got sacked a ton. Like This wasn't their best night offensively, but they hit a couple big plays. They capitalized on the defense. If you make mistakes against the 49ers, now they're the team that's going to make you pay. And so all this culminates, and I said at the very beginning, what is the 49ers brand of football? They play it when they win big. It's outsmarting people on offense. That 61-yard touchdown to George Kittle was completely set up. Kyle Shanahan knows Mike Pettin doesn't play deep safeties a lot. He was going to have George Kittle do a double break towards the middle of the field. Oh, man, beautiful to set that up. Yeah, so they outsmart you on offense. And on defense, it's just relentlessly disrupting the quarterback in the pocket to the point where it didn't feel like the Packers were even executing their game plan. They were literally just trying to get rid of the football. Aaron Rodgers did have a bunch of drop passes from his receivers, but I think he finished with 104 yards and more than 30 attempts. That's the lowest in his career. It was one of the worst offensive performances you'll see from the Packers in in many years like they laid a complete stink bomb and i'm crediting the 49ers defense it wasn't that the packers didn't know what they were doing they just they couldn't get open and aaron Rodgers couldn't get rid of the football in time and he never found a rhythm and i'm almost 
I'm not scared of this team anymore. Even if somehow they ended up, you know, the 49ers ended up losing a couple games and had to go on the road against Green Bay, I would be very confident playing them either at home or away. So this gives SF a bunch of confidence moving forward. They're able to play their brand of football against this good of a football team. Okay, against Carolina, against Cleveland, you can go out and outsmart them on O and, you know, harass the quarterback on D. Cool, cool. Yeah, you can do it against Green Bay too. If they can do it against Baltimore, obviously I've said they're a Super Bowl contender. There's no laughing about it anymore. The 49ers are 10 and 1, 14 and 2 in the cards, 15 and 1. Why the hell is it not in the cards? They're every week they get on the football field, they don't look overwhelmed. They're anytime they need a big response, Jimmy G normally makes it. Richard Sherman has not given up many big plays at all this whole season. This is repeatedly week after week, consistency, stacking good days on top of each other. Debo made the big play. I told you having George Kittle back was going to solve some things in the run game. They got to work on stuff there. Yeah, a couple things to point out. Um, Justin School got benched for Daniel Brunskill, who came in and looked a lot better at left tackle. Still the O-line, you know, kind of got pushed around today. I think O-line remains a little bit of a weakness and obviously somewhere that they might address in the draft. Joe Staley missed this game. Obviously, D Ford missed this game. It was good to have Kyle Juszczyk back there again. He had a couple nice blocks. Um, you know, Mostert was great late. Jeff Wilson making plays. This team is just so deep. Witherspoon was playing. Mosley was both playing. Like, they got them both on the field. Nothing really went wrong. I guess so. Let's kind of recap the game as we've done the last couple of episodes Talked about the first quarter, Fred Warner. They go up 7 nothing real quickly. Jeff Wilson has a 25-yarder. Packers have so many drops on third down. Jimmy G got sacked a little early on, and it felt like, hmm, if the 49ers let the Packers hang around, this could be a game where they lose at the very end, like they did on Monday night with C.J. Beathard uh, against the Packers. You know, one of the few big plays the Packers had all game was like a 20-yard end around that I noted early in the second quarter. But then again, they went for it on fourth down and got stuffed. Teams have not had much success on fourth down against the 49ers. Um, Armstead had a big sack in the second quarter. It was third and 35. Buckner had a roughing penalty. He was definitely helmet to helmet. It was the right call. You know, there were a couple plays in there in the second quarter. We're like, hmm, 49ers are definitely winning, but this doesn't feel great. They're up, you know, 13-0. They had a couple field goals. Yeah, then Debo... Broke a, a crossing pattern 42 yards. He just has this accelerator button. I think defenses underestimate him and he gets in the open field. And Debo made a quick house call. And then they really rubbed it in. So it was 20 nothing. They got the ball back and got three right before the half. Up 23 nothing at the half. I mean, it's, it's really over then. But then the Packers did come out, I said, 28-3. to And then the immediate response with George Kittle. Just... 61 yards. 49ers do not throw the ball deep often. Think about this entire year, all the touchdowns they've had. Throwing it deep has not been in the cards much, and Kyle kind of set this up, and they saw the opportunity was there. And I love Mike Pettin, but again, it was it was another game where Kyle was playing chess and orchestrating the play action and you know, pulling things to his advantage. And again, leaning on his defense. The 49ers are at their best when Jimmy G doesn't have to throw 40 times. This was their exact 
blueprint for how they want everything to look. Force turnovers, have five, six, seven sacks. Jimmy G goes 17 of 20. They want the run game to be revved up more. They do miss Brita. I feel when Matt Brita's not in the lineup, I didn't feel as much when Tevin Coleman. I mean, they're both great, but it feels like when Brita's not there, there's a little bit of a burst missing. Maybe Mostert needs to get more involved early on. I don't know. I don't know the exact thing there. The run game's going to come up and down. You know, the interesting thing that NBC noted this on the broadcast, the 49ers first in the league with plays in motion and first in the league with two running backs or, you know, a fullback, two backs in the backfield, first in the league. They play their own brand of football. It's definitely more old school, but in a sense, it's new school because all the route combinations off the play action. But, you know, this isn't shotgun five wide receiver football that a lot of other offenses are doing. The 49ers are doing this old school. Their tight end, George Kittle, is probably as good of a blocker as he is a receiver. (laughs) They're getting so much value out of so many different things they're doing. And again, I said it before, Kyle is the ultimate X factor in the playoffs. If this team is in sync and Jimmy G is executing, Kyle will come up with the right game plan. I trust him over pretty much any coach in the NFC. Definitely Mike Zimmer. I tr- you know I trust Kyle over him if that's a first-round matchup. I think the Packers will still win their division. So, I mean, right now, let's let's predict what happens. I think the you know the 49ers can go 14 and 2. Or 13 and 3. I think they're at least. Oh man, you know, it's gonna be tough. They're gonna have to beat Seattle again, but let's say the 49ers win the division. And they're, you know, with that record, they'd have the number one overall seed. First round of the playoffs. Dallas is gonna be a division winner or Philly there. Wild card is probably gonna be Minnesota, and you know, Seattle is gonna be the second wild card. Ultimately, I don't think the 49ers, if they win the division, will have to play Seattle in the second round because Seattle's going to be like 12-4. and four, And they're going to be the 4-5 seed. So it, it's going to it's gonna totally depend. So it, it's really hard to predict who they're going to play. Outside of Seattle, I think they can beat anyone in the second round of the playoffs. At Levi Stadium, it really felt like a home field advantage from TV watching tonight. It felt like the energy early on stayed revved up and, you know, the field doesn't look in that bad of shape yet. Yeah, definitely doesn't look amazing, but um, yeah, pretty much anyone like Packers second round. Yes, Vikings you'll beat them. Eagles, uh, the Rams somehow snuck in, which they won't. But you know, even the Saints you might have to play the Saints in the second round. We'll we'll see how they match up. But I I would only be scared of the Seahawks. Really, let's hope that the you know Forty ers the Seahawks get knocked out, or that's the NFC Championship game. Because I think right now, I'm almost a firm believer this team is going to make the NFC Championship game this year. I think they're going to get the first round by. If that happens, they're going to win a playoff game. To me, it's just a matter of are they going to be in the wild card round or are they going to start in the divisional round? I really foresee this team winning because they match up better than anyone. And the pressure and the expectations each game, there's been more pressure on the last, okay, this is the team that's finally going to trip them up. So they're kind of used to this buildup that's going to happen in the playoffs. Richard Sherman's getting them used to it. The energy is right. It's obviously going to depend on, oh, are they going to come out and execute? But I, I truly believe in this team's ability to come up with the game plan and for the most part dictate terms right from the very beginning. 
All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple more things that happened in the game because right now you're a Niners fan. You're effing pumped. Talk your shit on Twitter. You've got a tough game against Baltimore next week, but you should be celebrating. We'll talk more real quick. Yo, welcome back, Striking Gold listeners. Um, Shout out to the new listeners, but really shout out to the old OG listeners who were tuned in to the KJ podcast back when it was named that, before Blue Wire was born. And then shout out to the old readers on KMBR.com when I first got started and I covered Chip Kelly, that 2-14 season. Um, You know, that was a crazy year. That was a crazy year to get started. Think how far this franchise has come since then. Jed York, feel free to take a bow. Kyle Shanahan, probably coach of the year. John Lynch, you're on the coldest seat ever. It could not be less hot. You are good to stay for a long time and call the shots right now. There's no changes coming to this team. They've got to hope that they um, keep Robert Sala. But again, uh, back to what I tweeted that got the most traction. Uh, The most fun part about this thing is this is not a one-hit wonder. This is not, oh, wow, they got Peyton Manning here for a season. Let's see if they can pair it with this defense and win a Super Bowl like Denver did. This is, okay, they've got one of the best play callers on offense. They've got a franchise-caliber quarterback who, again, has played as many games as Sam Darnold in his career. He's 18-3 and as a starter. He continues to just respond anytime the offense needs him. So you've got your head coach, you've got your quarterback, you've got your run game, which is going to be pretty interchangeable. I think they're always going to be adding new backs to the fold. But I do love Tevin and Brita. So you've got your young core there. The O-line is going to always undergo renovations. And I think Joe Staley could be here next year as a backup. And I think that's totally okay. I don't think he's ready to retire. But... um. I don't know if they can plan on starting him. If he, you know, his body, he's getting hurt a little bit here, and Brunskill is a is a stopgap kind of school. Looked like he was okay, but now I mean he was he's been giving up so many pressures and got beat so often. Green Bay's strength is their pass pass rush, but you know O line needs some work. McGlinchey is still proving himself. He's definitely solid, but you can't call him a Pro Bowl or anything yet. You got Kittle, and then Debo looked like. They're part of the young core, and you've made some mistakes. You still don't know what you got and heard, and you still don't, you know, Trent Taylor has only given you his rookie season. So overall, offensively, is in a great shape. And, you know, you've got Jimmy, you've got Kyle, you've got a run game, and you, you're going to get more weapons, and you got to improve the O-line. So nothing too complicated there. Defensively, my goodness, the D-line, Eric Armstead's going to be expensive. So this is the thing. Do the 49ers start contract negotiations now? Is the love and vibe so good that let's get something locked in? Or if you're Armstead, let's get as much leverage as possible. This is the whole reason I kept doing one-year deals. I finally cashed in. There is no way you can let him go. I am an idiot for ever thinking that they should have let him go. And that was a complete mis-evaluation by me. I thought he potentially was going to be a waste of $9 million And... He's put it all together. I will say Nick Bosa's arrival definitely helped him, but my goodness, you're going to have to pay Buckner here too. So the young core is on the team. 
they're going to cost a lot of cash and you're also paying D Ford quite a bit. He doesn't play as many snaps as probably a premier edge rusher. You're going to have Nick Bosa, luckily, on this contract for the next couple of years. But uh, Fred Warner is going to be an expensive piece, too. And so all of a sudden, your defense looks like it's becoming Seattle 2.0, which is absolutely wild. Jimmy Ward's on a, on a fair deal, too. He's going to hit free agency. So all of a sudden, free agency is about to be a little expensive for the 49ers this offseason. You know, you can do the one-year option with Buckner if you want, but I would prefer to get this thing done with him. You know, the kind of the good news of Bosa's arrival is that Buckner's stats are a little less, even though the film shows he's as important. So then maybe he theoretically won't be on a $100 million contract. But again, you do want to reward some of your, your best guys here. But you're going to have to pinch some pennies and you're going to have to figure things out. Um, looks like Mosley could be on a really cheap contract for a while. Witherspoon, he's still developing. But again, he's he's not giving up big plays. I felt like Aaron Rodgers was missing targets a lot more tonight than it was really good coverage from Witherspoon. I actually felt like Rodgers was absolutely awful you know, reflecting on some of these throws. But um, overall, defensively, Richard Sherman's really the only older piece on D. So this young nucleus is intact going forward. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is getting older. How long of a window does Green Bay have with him? Russell Wilson is always going to be there. Kirk Cousins are going to have to make a decision on him soon. He signed a three-year contract. He's going to be on a contract year next year. You're not scared of the Giants. You're not really scared of Carson Wentz. Dallas has a good team. If they get a better coach, I could see Dallas and SF rivalry heating up a little bit, but I still like Jimmy G over Dak. I still like the 49ers D right now more than Dallas. So you're looking at a decade next year where the 49ers, I think, are going to be in the final four of the NFC more often than not. They're going to be in the divisional round of the playoffs for the next five years. I would say three or four out of the five years. Hot takes, bold prediction alert. KJ is saying that the 49ers, including this year and out of the next five years, you can expect them to be in three or four final fours at the NFC. I'm not saying full, not saying going to the NFC championship game. I'm saying divisional round. That's a huge accomplishment. Like I said, Mike Shanahan's resume, you know, from like, what, 94 in Denver to like 06? They were going 10 and 6 a lot more often than not, and they've won two Super Bowls. I think that can be the expectation. Oh, baby. Yeah, it was, you know, a really interesting first half, and then by the time Kittle scored that touchdown, it was like, okay, let's make sure no one else gets hurt. I think I said it earlier, but I'm resting George Kittle. After this Baltimore game, even if they win this, I think I'm resting him against New Orleans. I need to have him fully healthy for January. It's clear that he's still not 100%. And he's the heartbeat of the offense. And he's his personality has, I think, propelled this team forward and brought the team closer. And when everyone likes each other, the level of accountability is really there. No one wants to mess up. So I think George Kittle's importance cannot be overstated, but he really, really needs to be healthy. And I don't want this to be a gronk with him 
where he's retired at 30 and is like having surgeries all the time. They need to put him on a little bit of a pitch count. He's that important to this offense. He's essentially a number one wide receiver. I said Debo's flashed those type of skills too, but George Kittle is this offense. I forget which drive it was. I think it may have ended in a field goal, but you know it was 20 yards to him to the left, 20 yards to him to the right. It was him destroying someone in the run game for Tevin Coleman to get 15 yards. He's so critical and valuable that without him in January, it's going to be very, very hard. And that's what I'm worried about. Like, I don't want him to have 50 snaps against the Falcons. I know these games are very critical to this team getting home field advantage. And so this is going to be a touch and feel thing, but... Look, the Nats did it with Steven Strasburg, and maybe they shouldn't have set him out, but they were careful with him, and you know he came through with a championship later down the line. I think the 49ers are going to be competitive for that long. Listen, I'm not saying sit him out in the playoffs. I'm just saying protect this guy at all costs. And right now to me, he doesn't look 100%, and I want him to have a long career. Striking gold. Yeah, I mean, what else on defense, really? How can you complain? Fred Warner, pro bowler. Fred Warner, big contract, could have come when he's a free agent. He is, someone tweeted, I think it was my boy Al Sacco. He's everything Ruben Foster we thought was going to be. 11 tackles, one forced fumble. I think he had a fumble recovery as well. He's really good as a blitzer. We did not really know this before the Quan Alexander injury that Fred Warner can finish this hot on the blitzes. He's great in coverage against tight ends. Um, I don't think it's a secret anymore. He's quite possibly the second best player on this defense behind Nick Bosa. (laughs) Am I already saying Bosa's first? I don't even want to rank defensive players. They're all just playing at an A level. I don't subscribe to PFF anymore, but how does every defender on this team not have above 85? No one's really a weak link. They had so many weak links in the past, especially in the secondary. I thought secondary was going to be a weak link. I'm not going to lie. I am shocked at how good this defense is. I think everyone is. Um, you know, the more I look at it, Robert Sala, if the 49ers make the Super Bowl, he's probably gone. It's going to depend on what they do in the playoffs, I think. At the same time, um, I don't know. He might be gone. Hiring offensive coaches is more the trend. So it depends on how many openings there are. He's definitely going to interview. And I don't know what they would do there. If Chris uh, Kusarek would hop right in, would they go out of house? Would they bring someone who runs the same scheme? Is Dan Quinn going to come here? If he gets fired from Atlanta and Salah goes elsewhere, that's something that Kyle has to start thinking about. You know, recapping this pod... The 49ers have created a brand of football. On offense, they're smart as shit and efficient. On defense, they're relentless. And they just collapse the pocket so much. They destroy your game plan. They light it on fire. And you're literally like a nomad if you're the offense against the 49ers defense. You're like running around, chasing, hoping that things will happen. And you're disoriented. And the 49ers continue to do this. 
teams come here and play the 49ers, they leave disheveled and they quit. That's a big takeaway from this whole season. It's been utter domination. 12th grader against 7th grader. Nick Bosa, unreal. Kyle Shanahan, he's had quotes after the game. He's got to level expectations. Everyone's hooting and hollering in the locker room. He's got to keep everyone focused on week to week and not looking ahead. But it's hard not to look ahead. It's hard not to say this team can win in the second round of the playoffs. It's it's them versus Seattle, them versus New Orleans. Pencil it in now. Is it going to be in Levi's or is it going to be at the Superdome or you know where is the matchup going to be? If it's Green Bay, I have no worries at all. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is amazing enough to pull at you know wins out of his ass. I think Russell Wilson is. I don't know if Rodgers is there anymore. Not when the opponent is as good as the 49ers have been. They play their brand of football every week. They dictate the terms. That's the key takeaway. The 49ers, from start to finish, wire to wire, beat the Green Bay Packers. They beat their ass. They beat them with a switch behind the shed as they, you know, that's what grandma and grandpa say. Oh, we're going to beat you behind the shed with a switch. Like the 49ers <laughs> went and did that. And I do not support violence at all. But it was one of those, oh, you know, they were the dominant team and the, the uh, Packers were submissive. Like they just laid down. And this is happening quite a bit. We'll see with Baltimore. Can't wait to hear Rob and Croc talk about that. I might be joining Candlestick. We're going to do some extra previews here of a potential Super Bowl matchup. The two surprise teams of the year, Baltimore and San Francisco. Can't wait. Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, how could you not pick the 49ers? But then again, Lamar Jackson has been the most dynamic player in the league. Uh, lot to look forward to. 49ers fans, enjoy this win. All right, we will talk to you again next week. Peace out.